Hello, and welcome to the Dutch Film Podcast. My name is Gregory Marcus. And ik ben Erik van Bemmelen. And I am not Dutch. And I am. And this is the podcast where we talk about Dutch films. We do, we do. We Today. Really, we really just dove right in, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do a bit of housekeeping. Okay. I feel like in the last few episodes, maybe we didn't say... I can't remember because I don't listen to that, this shit. <laughs> but um, I feel like we didn't address in the last few episodes why we do this. So maybe this is your first episode. Thank you for joining us. Yes. If you've been with us since whatever number this is, thanks. Six-ish. Six-ish, yeah. 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 Thank, you, thank you for listening. Yeah. Maybe by, th by this point, we might be making money. Who knows? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like we haven't addressed why we do this. Okay. Maybe not in a few episodes. I agree. So you came up with the idea. You came to me pitching this idea that you, as an American living in the Netherlands for close to 10 years now, um, has still failed to grasp what is great about Dutch film. Am I saying this correctly? <laughs> Yeah, that was a motivation, yeah. And yeah. Um, I think what we set out to do is watch a bunch of Dutch movies together. Yeah. Um, and try and see what those movies say about Dutch culture. Okay, yes. From the formal standpoint, that's right. We're trying to... Unravel the Dutchness in Dutch yeah. cinema. Yeah, because if you're listening to this... You're maybe Dutch, but you're maybe not Dutch. Hopefully you're not Dutch, because otherwise I could just be talking Dutch now. Yeah, maybe we'll get to that point where we have Dutch versions of all the episodes where we do it. Oh, like, man, I hope so. And then I, suddenly I sound really smart. Yeah. Like very articul <laughs> articulate and really, opinions. And I sound really stupid. You sound like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just get someone to stand in for me. <laughs> no, but uh, the other reason is because we, it's for us. It's for us. For you and I to stay friends. As buddies. So if and, you're listening I mean, to this like, this isn't real film critique. No, it's a podcast about friendship. It is. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's for very American of you. In the end, and everything in, in Do you the know US. how hard it is to make friends here? I, I, Do you know how long I, it took me to crack you? Like three years. Do you think you've cracked me though now? We've had our ups and downs, but... Uh, well, now you know, you need to start a podcast with me about Dutch film. And then you'll see me. All right. Now we're going to unpack some <laughs> other stuff. But uh, maybe we even shouldn't. Uh, doesn't need to get super personal. No. Yet. So how are you feeling? Tired. Tired. I've had a few beers. Nice. Been on the road most of the day. Okay. Okay. How do you feel? I feel okay-ish. And I didn't have a great night. We are now sitting in our guest room, which will soon be a baby room. Yeah, oh, in okay. my home. Are we putting that out there? Uh, well, I want to mention it because we uh, our mics are standing on a Pampers <laughs> box. <laughs> um, and um, even though the baby has not been born yet, they say you lose a lot of sleep once the baby comes. But related uh, pregnancy-related stuff has kept me from my sleep in the last couple of nights. But still, I feel pretty okay. Okay, um, okay enough to do uh, this for Whatever sure, podcast. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I have some, because last time we recorded, the listeners don't know how long the gaps are between these episode recordings. Mm -hmm. It was two days. We, yeah, we worked no, it was two hard. days. And yeah. in two days, I've recovered from not long COVID, but I had some lasting COVID. Mm -hmm. My back is better. Great. I threw out, threw out my back. That's better. And in the meantime, I cut off the top of my finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something with you. <laughs> and I had something removed from the top of my eye. Jesus, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. That sounds horrible. It was the other day. Yeah, at the doctor. Yeah. Okay. Can't, yeah. My girlfriend said I looked ugly, so <laughs> he cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How's last time we said we were going to do an episode just about back pain because we both yeah. have. Well, that's a separate podcast, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole new series. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we'll have a different episode about back pain. But here we are. Here we are. And we are talking about... Borgman. 2013 Alex von Varmedon mm -hmm. film. Alex von Varmedon, probably the most famous Dutch filmmaker who has stayed in the Netherlands. 
Paul, oh, okay. Paul Verhoeven went to Hollywood. I was curious how this sentence was going to end. Paul okay. Verhoeven went to Hollywood, but oh. Varmadon stayed in the Netherlands and has made some of the most Belgium, famous, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, most famous Dutch films and acclaimed. Yeah, Dutch I would. Cri- I was. I thought you were going to say the most critically acclaimed Dutch director. Yeah, he's won a bunch of awards. Yeah, and no, but I, not even in the sense of awards. I think in the like. The cinema-loving public uh, in the Netherlands, I think, usually considers him one of the best, if not the best director. The guy. Yeah. Watching Borgman, I thought, and he seems to have an appreciation for Danish cinema. I was like, oh, is this? Is he like the Lars von Trier like of the a Netherlands? Dogma type of director, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like artsy, indie, yeah, does his thing. But also, I think like the dogma movies aren't usually um, more horror type movies, and this is definitely a horror inspired movie, at least. Yeah, it has a lot of horror elements. Yeah. Okay, so maybe before jumping right into it, it did strike me because now I was watching it, of course, also a bit through your eyes. So, as an American, mm-hmm. so me, so growing up. Um, like respecting Alex from Rotterdam almost is a given. Uh, you don't even doubt it. So when I watch the movie, because you did cultural studies, like you, yeah. But even before, even when I was an asshole. fourteen, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I was an asshole when I was fourteen. Yeah, if you're fourteen and saying like I love Alex von Varmadon. yeah, yeah, okay. But okay, <laughs> let, let's leave it. So I, as far as back as I can remember, I've liked his films, um, and now that I've watched it. Like, in a way, through your eyes. It struck me how violent the movie is. This movie? Yeah. Incredibly violent. It was violent, and... I always took them a bit of, like, definitely dark humor, but I always took them a bit as comedies, um, including this movie, although I did remember it as one of his uh, lesser funner, funny movies um, of, of, like, the ten movies that he's made now. But it was actually pretty grim. It was grim. It was a grim film. But I did find it kind of quirky. Yeah. Okay. So it's maybe. There's, not- uh, yeah. Do, should we, what, let's just, do we, what are we diving into here? Do, I, do we. Is there mm. anything. No, no prelude. We're not going to even do. Ladies no, and gentlemen. I mean, he, let, let, ladies and gentlemen, uh, run, you run the synopsis. You run the plot. Keep it short. Okay. okay I'll keep it short. Okay. okay. Borgman is the name of the lead character. Yeah. Um, Borgman is played by, again, a Belgian actor. Um, we're, last time uh, we discussed Sporlo's. Yeah. And also with a Belgian guy in lead. Again, and also in character, Belgian guy. Also. The, and, well, now the lead character is called Borgman, Camille Borgman. He's played by Jan Bijvoet. Um, and the movie starts out. With a priest played by Pierre Bokma, one of the Pierre Bokma, one of the best Dutch actors, obviously, um, and two other guys who basically get a shotgun, uh, an axe, and they go into the woods and a spear, and, yeah, and a spear indeed, yeah. and and they look for him um, for this Borgman character. Yeah. He lives underground. Yeah, he manages to escape. This all happens relatively quickly. Yeah, um, he finds his two buddies who are in the nearby forest also living on the ground he tells them to quickly pack their stuff and go uh, they go their separate ways ways um and then basically the movie starts um and and starts taking place at uh, a villa where i think probably 95 percent of the film after that takes place it's a huge villa um very modern architecture we're not actually sure where we are in the netherlands um I try to deduce it from what we what we get, but it's I was really trying hard to style. piece it together. You do see a bit of Amsterdam mm, in the beginning. No, uh, when they're on the when I, oh, he's yeah. on the phone with no. the two women, they're on the bridge to Kaanasam Island. That's true. That's true. Oh. But I'm uh, for some reason I presumed it was a bit more southern, and otherwise I would say Harlem area. IMDb says Bloemendal. Oh, okay. but that also could just be where they filmed some of the beach scenes. Okay, but that would make sense. Yeah, Ames State yeah. Arden House. Yeah, so it's close Wait, to that, Amsterdam. Uh, but what's for the people? Ames mm-hmm. State Arden House, a bit of a rich area. Yeah, that area sure. just past Harlem as well. Yeah. What's that? Rosendahl, Bloemendahl? 
Uh, Bloemendaal, not Rosendaal. Not Rosendaal's in the south. Today I was walking around Hilversum, uh-huh. but like the nice part of Hilversum. <laughs> That's really nice. Yeah, uh, uh, they could have filmed it there. Yeah. Oh, you no. Know, when I was walking around, I was like, same, same uh, vibe. Uh, yeah. But it's very modern architecture. Um, he rings the door. Yeah. Our lead character, Borgman, does. Um, woman answers the door, played by Hadewig Minis. She's called Marina. We don't know that at that point. And her husband quickly joins her, Richard, uh, played by Jeroen Perceval. And um, basically, the guy, Richard, gets really angry that there's a guy at his doorstep asking him if he can take a bath. Because he looks like a bum. He definitely he looks, looks like, like a, a drifter. Bum. Like yeah. He's got very scraggy beard, scraggy hair. But he does have a, have a suit on. He does have a suit on, yeah. yes. yes. So he's a weird-looking character. You, if he would ring my doorbell, I wouldn't know what to do. And... This is a typical Alex Verwarmendam thing, like how all the, all the dialogues are written. He's also the writer of the movie. He writes the scripts for all of his movies. Um, it is, you, I think you mentioned quirky. All of his dialogues are a bit weird in a sense that they're pretty straightforward with sort of dry humor, but they, all the characters are very serious all throughout all of his movies. So none of the characters are you feel like they're in on the joke. So whenever something happens that might be funny, it's just because the situation is weird or a, a thing a person says is weird, but it's not because they're trying to be funny at all. So this, he really, at face value, the, this guy takes him at face value. You want to take a bath here? I don't feel like letting you taking a bath here. And then he gets very angry and he almost, like now maybe not almost kills him, but he does really beat the living shit out of him. Yeah. Kicks and him in the head, even I think when he, he's on the he ground. He does curb. Well, he doesn't curb stomp him, but yeah, he, pretty yeah. pretty grim. My pretty girlfriend grim. said when that happened, she said, "Jesus." Yeah, yeah. But that, like you said, that the film is violent, and I watched this with my girlfriend, uh, who is Dutch, uh, and she can't really handle violence or horror that well, especially when it's in that such a brutal mm-hmm. way. Um, we'll watch the John Wick films until the end of time, and. Is she? We we both love those, and those are horrifically violent. Yeah. But yeah, this isn't a podcast about how great Keanu Reeves is, even though that would be a great podcast. The violence, there is a slapstick humor to it. I felt. Yeah. And the dialogue. I watched this on Video Land, and Video Land. If you're sponsoring this podcast by now. You got to get subtitles for your movies, even closed captioning. What you're excluding the hard of hearing audience. Uh, true. I watched it on HBO Max. Oh shit! Um, and then I saw they have Dutch subtitles, but then they only translate uh, whatever English the netty is speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so okay, great. Okay, great job. So I watched it without subtitles, and I could understand everything, even with Borgman's like Belgian accent. He's mm-hmm. a very uh, soft G. Yeah. We talked about that, I think the last time. Yeah. And um, what you say about the dialogue is really funny because it's all very matter-of-fact, direct. And again, it's being, as you say, it's being acted in a very intense way. Mm -hmm. And so I reflected later on after watching the film, I was like, I think this movie could have been gibberish. Okay. And it would have been exactly the same. Yes, in a the way. The dialogue yeah. is not carrying the no, es- film, especially I not feel. in the latter half. No, in, in the no. latter half, it's very, it's very. I, I, I felt like the movie was almost like a theater play. Almost, it was very much more about okay. movement. So, Alex Vermeerdam is also a theater director. Started out as the theater director and writer, uh, orchator. Later on, the Mexican Home, I think it's now called. Also, he plays a lot with his wife. Annette Maherbe. Oh, yeah, he, plays, he plays with his wife. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully for Alex, he also does that. <laughs> no, but she plays in, the, I think, a lot of his plays. But yeah. she also plays in nearly all of his movies. Is she in this? Yeah. Who? She's the woman basically running the killer business. The larger woman or the smaller larger woman? woman? Yeah, okay. She, she, she's uh, she, she's age. quite a well-known actress yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. she played the uh, Yiskafet, Jufrau Janni. Oh man, I have yeah. I have a Yiskafet uh, reference for this uh, movie as well. Yeah. Okay, so Alex van Warmerdam, um, maybe now is a good time to also mention that his 
at least one brother is in it. I think his son is in it as well. And his one of them, someone else does the music. Yeah. So there's Vincent, very little. Vincent's, we should say that now. There's very little music. Yes. Yeah. True. In this film, very little. I think so. Vincent does the movie. Uh, sorry, does the music. Um, Mark does the producing. I think he's in the movie when he's getting a dog or something. Mm. Can't really remember, but he has a, like a small cameo. Yeah. Um, so it's a family affair. And also a lot of the actors that uh, from Armadon works with, uh, they, uh, they make an appearance in, in multiple of his movies. Yeah. Um, for example, um, what's his name again? Gene Barefoot? From character? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, from Sporlos, the main character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, in a... He's in Borgman. What? He, yeah. He was the, he's the gardener who gets the, the, the sort of heart attack. The main character from Sporlos. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, this movie is 20 years after, so I yeah, didn't... Yeah. Uh, but that's funny. <laughs> I was very I don't, curious I don't if you watched, were going to catch I don't think this. We've, I don't think we've watched a Pierre Bokma film yet. We will, for sure. Yeah, I don't think we did. I don't no, think we've covered no, him. No, no, but no. he, when he came on stage, I was like, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, no. of course. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, Hollywood, of course, is also small, but the Dutch Benelux film world is also extremely small. What is the Benelux? Benelux, yeah. Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg. Okay, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up for the American audiences. Yeah, everyone, Benelux. Uh, Benelux, Luxembourg. Benelux. They should all just unite, shouldn't they? Nah. Imagine what economic superpower you'd be with Rotterdam and Antwerp in okay. one country. I would love to have Antwerp, for sure. Yeah. But basically the Dutch-speaking part of, uh, of Belgium would Here be nice. we go. Uh, Here we go. Okay. So we already touched a lot on on. Limburg, Jesus, Belgium. the prettiest part of Belgium is in the south. Yeah, okay, we'll take that as well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I'll I'll live with that. Okay, Luxembourg. Well, I mean, cheap gas. We'll take it. Small Ca- enough. Castles, castles. Um, plot wise. Okay, so they're at Borgman is gets to house. this house. Yeah, and so the- so basically, the Richard beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Night comes. Uh, Minerva, what's her name? Monica. Uh, Ma- Marina? Marina 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 yeah. uh, basically realizes that like Borgman is living in the garage or something yeah she um, finds him in the garage and if, for some weird reason she's attracted to him at this point not even physically I think but I think she's intrigued by this character who just came to her doorstep she's entranced yeah she uh, is he is oh there's a lot to unpack in this movie we maybe. could take this very surface level or we could go deep Hold on, let me, let me see if we can do this really quick. No. And then, I, I don't know if this is possible. Basically, Borgman gets to the point where he is uh, entrancing this family or kind of cursing or plaguing no. them. And th- but He sits th- on them while they're asleep, he naked. Sits, he sits on her and, and causes her to have bad dreams. Yeah, he which sort of will, tattoos the people or scars them on the back. Yes. Well, including their three children. We have not mentioned that they, they have three, three children, children and they have a Danish na- nanny. 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 Yeah. nanny. No, who says? Alpert. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, he winds up causing chaos almost simply through his presence. His presence brings chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a... So is he supposed... I mean, uh, I would guess that Alex von Warmerdam is not the type of director who wants to explain his movies. It's more like, this is what came to me. I think in that sense, he's more like an artist than a normal film writer or director. He just does what he likes, and then that's that. That's the end result the audience has to live with. Did you, did you, dig, at, did you dig at all into this film? If I like it. No, dig, dig at all, like uh, research. Uh, well, maybe only what I can remember from the time it came out. Sold in the cinema then. It got a lot of great critiques. Yeah. Um, but so, well, I had a few beers before this <laughs> and some fries. <laughs> uh, I had time to kill. Uh, so we watched the movie. I watched the movie with my partner. And in the end, I said, we were discussing it. And I said, there has, this has to be based on some form of folklore. Okay. And Varbadan doesn't explicitly say it anywhere, so it seems. But uh, thank you, IMDb. They make a reference to the Alp, which is a Bavarian Alpine, kind of like an incubus. You know what an incubus no, is? No, no. 
I know the band that's called Incubus, but I have no Sure, idea. yeah, great. Uh, I mean, like, uh, late 90s, uh, early 2000s, uh, Brandon Boyd, Mark Esinger. Yeah, Morning View, great album. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know and, what and, and Incubus me, is, uh, like, the male version of a succubus. So a succubus is basically, like, a, a female demon mm. that comes in and more or less rapes you. All right. And an incubus Green. is a male malevolent spirit that in folklore would come and rape women in their sleep. Wow. Uh, I think it was uh, created to blame things like infidelity or unexplained pregnancies or whatever. Just no. if you're bad, the incubus is going to come and ruin you. Mm. And uh, so the Alp is something like that. And it also kind of like an elf type character who causes bad dreams, who can cause uh, chaos. Um, and then, of course, the Incubus, there's all these sexual undertones in this movie. And, of course, he's... Not even undertones, I mean. Yeah, okay, there's explicit <laughs> yeah. sexual stuff. Oh, also, we didn't talk about it in the last two movies. Last two movies, no boobs, no, no dick. And here we get a lot of nudity. Oh. We get one pair of boobs. I think two. Oh, just one. Yeah, really? Just the nanny. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was keeping track. I was okay. like really watching the movie. I was like, there we go. <laughs> there we go. We finally have one. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, some element could be based on folklore to some degree. Yeah. And, yeah, sure. And, I and, mean, and Varmadon has a track record because he made a 2003 film called Grimm, which is loosely yes. based on a Brothers Grimm True. tale. Tales, multiple tales. So he, he's a well-read dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it probably takes his influence from a lot of different stuff. And I think he 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 must enjoy horror movies because yeah. otherwise, why would he put a lot of those horror elements in his movies? I think this is as far as back as I can remember. I think I already mentioned it in the in this episode that this is one of his. Uh oh, oh. <laughs> I was looking at the screen. I was like. Oh fuck! One of these isn't recording. And I realized. Then I said, uh -oh. <laughs> and then I said, "Oh wait, it's mine because I wasn't talking." <laughs> thank, thank God, thank God, we don't have a producer. We don't need one. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry for interrupting. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Amateur hour over here. Mine isn't doing. Oh, now it is. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. What was I saying? Okay. Um, I think basically well all, all of his other movies are a bit funnier, a bit I wouldn't say lighthearted, but um, the, the, the like the tone is different. This is um, actually quite a dark movie without giving you any like uh, relief, comic relief. Sometimes it's funny, but no, usually but the, it's, it's dark. I got such a, a not Sopranos, but let's say Italian mafioso type vibe, where. Uh, the two guys that Borgman wakes up in the beginning, mm -hmm. they come back later. Do you in know the movie. that one of them is Alex from Yeah, yeah, okay. the one who looks like a cheap Tom Waits. <laughs> the light version of Tom Waits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like a less, like he maybe had a bit of an easier life, but he has a real Tom Waits vibe, I felt. Yeah. yeah. Aesthetically. True. Yeah. Um, and like 90s Tom Waits, not like uh, current day Tom Waits. Anyway, so they come back, and of course, you made the point in the beginning that Bochman's wearing a suit. He's kind of always wearing a suit, and then he kills their gardener. Yes, and then comes back, and he's like shaved his beard and he's cut his hair, and they don't. She recognizes him, but the well, she asks him to come back. Right? He yeah. leaves. She okay. So. He does actually eventually take the bath in the house. So she sort of hides him in their huge home. Yeah. And yeah. after a few days, he says, you have to go away. This is not, not uh, we, we, we can't go on like this. You have to leave our home. Then he leaves and then she gets in distress and basically begs him to come back. And he says, I will come back, but I will, I think he already says, it, I will come back in a different form. And that's such like a Grimian type. I don't no. think that's the term, but that is kind of like a Grimian no. trope. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes back clean shaven. Um, I mean, the, the Patrick doesn't recognize him. Richard. Richard, yeah. I Richard. thought he's not called Patrick. <laughs> Patrice. <laughs> <laughs> Richard doesn't recognize him. Uh, she does. We're firing enough yeah. cylinders today, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but that, I guess at this point he starts, and not a lot of this can actually be explained. I think you're not meant to know what all of it means. But then this whole dark episode starts where they are basically 
um, trying to him and his two partners, and he calls up his uh, two. I don't know. Is it a company? Is it like a partners in crime? Two lady friends. Yeah. Played by his wife. It's kind of cult-ish. There's a cult-ish type vibe. Yeah. A, yeah. a little bit of a mindless. But are they part of the same team always, or are they specifically hired? You think to do the the dirt in this? I think that okay. it's some syndicate of presumably cursed devil-like people. Yeah, there's definitely it's definitely implied that they are evil, or yeah. satanic. Devils, way. demons. Yeah. yeah, I actually completely forgot about the opening scene with um, what's his name? Pierre Bokma. Yeah, where it's like a, a priest yeah. and his two henchmen. Probably looking for the on, devil, right? Are basically on like <laughs> yeah. a witch hunt, some yeah. Frankenstein type thing. Yeah. They come out of the ground like vampires or like zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they, but they are using the villa um, sort of as a new home base. You might say the two guys come there as two dogs. Yeah, disguised as dogs, and yeah. they walk around the house. And I think which is also a Faustian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. trope right yeah. i studied german literature yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very good finally it comes in handy i know but i actually totally forgot about that too because this movie was so entrancing i felt yeah yeah because nothing happens and everything happens true uh i think you and can it's definitely long. Uh, yeah it's like two hours i think almost two hours yeah, yeah. um but there, i think there's a lot you can miss and also it doesn't really matter if you miss some of the stuff because it's not like plot driven in a way like you might want to know what everything means, but you will never get the satisfaction of actually knowing what it means. Yes, there are a lot of things that he puts in there that basically for film school nerds and podcast geeks to uh, mm. pick apart yeah. and you can choose to do so or not. And he, he has great attention to detail. So a lot of the stuff is really fold out really well um i thought the cinematography sometimes was beautiful and like everything was framed very nicely but also other times i felt like well it's a bit of a throwaway shot uh there was some handheld there were some nice long long uh walking takes yeah Yeah. for sure yeah um yeah the movie like definitely had an indie vibe but you i you kind of know that if someone gave von varmadon like a bit of a bigger budget he could really make a nice film, like a really, you know, <laughs> well, just something like you even mean, more perfect yeah, or like, because yeah. uh, there's budget limitations. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure if he would need, if he's a type of director that would do better with more budget. I don't think he needs to. And I don't no. think he wants to. Otherwise, no. I'm sure he's gotten offers from Hollywood because yeah. he's a con no. with every film. So no. this was nominated for the Palme d'Or. It did it, not win. No, no. Um, what it premiered there, I so. saw. Yeah, wow. The point I it was did tra- win the Gouden Kalf, by the way, the Dutch film yes. uh, award for best movie. I think Hadwig Min is one for best supporting female. She was good. Yeah, she was good. To get back to the point I was mm-hmm. <laughs> intended to make about the comedic relief in this film. Yeah. And how it relates to Italian mafioso. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, okay. The scene Glad where you still have so your uh, so yeah. his two buddies come and he hires them in to like help him, presumably garden, but they are like running backhoes and bulldozers and yeah. doing all this shit. And they're in suits as well. And I just got some idea of like some Italian mob movie of a bunch of mafiosos like overweight sweating in the new jersey heat doing yard work but like in their suits wearing suits (laughs) that are are way too loose yeah (laughs) Yeah, like i thought like that is that is funny and like it's hard to take i made this point it doesn't matter if i made this point before i'm making it right fucking now it's hard to take dutch films seriously when it comes to the concept of threat Mm. because life here is a bit mundane. Yeah. But you mean, you mean it's safe and yeah, but there could be a guy at your door wanting to take a bath, of course. Yes. And I wanted to make a reference because I think Varmadon is making a little bit of a reference to it is, uh, 
Michael Hanukkah's Funny Games. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a whole thing about eggs. They come looking for eggs. When Bokma and his crew are poking their spear through the ground, mm-hmm. the first thing that they hit is a carton of eggs yeah. and they crack eggs. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that that was maybe, because it does very much have that home invasion type feel, True. like Funny Games. Yeah. Um, but then I was thinking of the 2008 uh, f- horror film, uh, The Strangers, with Liv Tyler. Didn't see it, no. Basically, same idea. Someone comes, knocks on the door, um, and then it's a home invasion film. And mm-hmm. It's very nihilistic of just these people come in wearing masks and just torture and cause chaos and you know kill these two people. Well, maybe she's alive. Um, and the tagline or like, when Liv Tyler is screaming like, why are you doing this? They just very casually say, because you were home. Wow. <laughs> and that like funny games and the strangers and there's plenty of other home invasion yeah. types have that horrific nihilistic feel of like. Yeah, but are but, you saying Borgman doesn't have that? I don't get it. No, I'm saying Borgman, I don't. It's funnier than those movies? Um, yeah, I'm not trying to say that that's what Alex of Armadon should have done because I thought this was a very tense and a very uh, uh-huh. in, uh, intense film and scary to a degree. But, no, but it, it was, not, a, yeah. it, but the way that he conveys horror and chaos and uh, emotional distress is very different. He uses elements. I don't think he's, he set out to make a horror movie per se. No. He just picks and chooses as he likes from elements that he likes or maybe even. He, he just wants to film a scene in a certain way because he's seen it somewhere else and is inspired by it and wants to do something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, I was very, how many times can I say this? I was very transfixed throughout the whole film, even though it was such a slow burn. I think the second and half. No, yeah, the second half could have been up. better. I thought the second half picked up way better. I thought the, oh, I thought think? the first hour was a really? fucking slog. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I have the, the complete opposite. Do you, should I go through my musings? Yeah, let's go, man. So, uh, wait, 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 let's wrap up the plot. Basically, they cause a bunch of chaos. Yeah. Uh, and they wind up killing the uh, uh, Marina, Monica. Oh, fuck, what's Marina, Marina. Marina. And uh, Richard. <laughs> and taking the children. Yeah, they take the children. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the nanny. And the nanny as well. They've killed other people too. There's yeah. this bo- lake, bodies in a the lake. Boy, the boyfriend of the nanny. Um well, we don't need to get into it. They yeah. kill. They, they kill, kill a bunch of people. Killed Will. They then put their heads in cement and then throw them into a lake. Oh. That's which, a nice shot. The underwater I shot. W- yeah, it is. But I wish they did it practically. I think that's visual. F- that's uh, yeah animated. Yeah, I think that was animated. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit like, oh, that would have been yeah. cool to do real for real. Yeah. One of the things that bothers me with that scene about the lake is, I, I'm a fisherman. I fish. The Netherlands, there's a lot of people that fish in the Netherlands. I was like, ah, there probably would have been a dude fishing for carp at that <laughs> lake. Like, how can these countries not that big, especially okay. that part? <laughs> They're not going to get away with that. Probably they know that that's a place you should not go, otherwise, you'll get killed by yeah. two, two ladies <laughs> two in, women, in yeah. long, long jackets. Okay, hold on. I'm going to. We'll cut it out. I'll cut it out, maybe. Okay. If you're listening to this and you just hear, okay. All right, here we go. Greg's musings. You have musings too. Sure. All right. One. So the, these are the, these are bits and pieces you've picked up. Things that during uh, the movie. yeah. Oh. Uh, I yeah. It looks like it stops about halfway because then there stopped being hints and like the plot really picked up. I felt okay. Um, partially funded by the Danish Film Institute. Nice. Because the nanny is Danish and is a wow. Danish actress. Wow. Uh, the very first scene is the man in his farmhouse uh, grabbing his axe and gun to yeah. then go hunt. Yeah. And what does he eat before he goes hunting? Uh, I didn't see it. No. Pickled herring from a jar. Really? Yeah. Nice. Great. I, that was very cla- He just grabs it, throws it down. Yeah. <laughs> And like the jar that you see when you go to like the fishmonger or something like that yeah. one with the red lid. Great. I don't know the brand, but uh, I know the yeah. thing. Pure Bokma. Yeah. I wrote that down. 
No voiceover. Wow. Maybe yeah. the first film we've watched that does not start with a voiceover. Character has voiceover van Godlol, Sporlos, Flodder. No, Can't not Flodder, no. Flodder, no. I've, I've watched a few more other Dutch films uh, yeah. on my own. Uh, and they started with voiceover. the voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. Video land, no subtitles. Yeah, we covered that. Wealthy areas. We talked about that. Yep. Wealthy areas yep. in the Netherlands. They drive a Chrysler minivan. A very rare car to see in the Netherlands. Ah, true. Ah, ah. Import taxes, Chrysler, Dodge do not exist here. And if you see someone with one, it's like, okay, you specifically tracked down that car. She's an artist. I think that should be yeah. a she's an artist eye roll. Eye roll? Oh, She's not the one making the money. In and it household. doesn't really play a role? No, I think, well... Some of the nightmare scenes, it plays a role. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I mean, the scene where she's painting, I really like that. Where it, she's just, it's just throwing. like a sandbag with paint. Uh, yeah, yeah, and she yeah. just throws it at the canvas. My favorite color, by the way. Blue? No, well, <laughs> specific type of blue, like cobalt. Cobalt blue, yeah. yeah great. That's a good color, yeah. yeah. Uh, I should have my the front of my house painted that color. Oh, shit, I already did it. Man, people know you live in Rotterdam. <laughs> yep, this isn't Dublin. It's not. Not everyone's got a colorful door. Uh, Java Island. Okay, we talked about. It. it looks like a poor man's Tom Waits. Talked about that. Slow, but some also somehow tense. That's a really great fucking reflection. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my Yiskafet take. There's a scene where Minerva. What the fuck is her name? Minerva? Monica. God okay. damn it. Marina. Monica, no, Marina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or she's yelling at her husband, or yeah, I think she's yelling at her husband. Or, or she yells a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's, but there's, she goes on a, she like blows up uh-huh. at one point. And I can't not, when a Dutch person is yelling, I can't not think of the scene from Yiskafet with the dad explaining okay, how okay, disappointed yeah. he is in his son. It's just... For being sent away at Ajax, yeah. the, lo- the Amsterdam football I think club. we talked about this some other yeah, time. But we did, we did. It's ruined any sort of like... We talked about like, this in uh, the episode on Het Diner. Because it's based on a book by Herman Koch, right. who is one of the yeah, guys yeah. from Yes, yes Cafet. Yeah. Yeah. It's Go ruined. listen back to that episode if you want to hear that great anecdote. Yeah, but don't watch the fucking movie. No, <laughs> just listen to the podcast. Spoiler alert, the movie sucks. Um, but yeah, it's ruined Dutch people yelling for me. Like okay. if a Dutch person no. is ever disappointed in me, I'm just going to think about that. You, th- you think Michiel Romain yelling to his kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got I got a few more. They eat fair trade brand Hagelslag. Yeah. And my girlfriend pointed out it's the old logo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Marina, <laughs> I got it that time. She brings out sandwiches to... Um, Borgman when he's working in the garden as he's just starting with as a gardener. Yeah. yeah. And she's like really trying to connect with him mm-hmm. and get him to listen and eat these sandwiches because she is like. And he totally refuses to engage with her. Yeah. Totally. But she says, Broodjes dragen snel out in the zone. Broodjes dragen snel out in the zone. Drogen, yeah. I don't know why I have dragen. Uh, yeah. So br- sandwiches dry out really quickly in the sun. Uh huh. Is it fact? Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it can be. But. In the sun or in the air? In the air, probably. <laughs> yeah. And my last one is eggs are a symbol in funny games. Those are Greg's musings. <laughs> Should we make that a segment? <laughs> Greg's muse. Well, I mean, that's the whole podcast, right? Our musings. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was my musings. No, I yeah. thought, am I talking too much? Yeah, you are talking too much. You're actually talking so much that when you're not talking, you think the device is broken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are Eric's musings? Okay, let's see. Well, a lot of stuff we've already covered. Um, there were some some sentences I've written down that were like pretty funny to me. De gelukkige moeten worden gestraft. In het westen heerst nou eenmaal welvaart. Which translates... Oh, you... You try to translate it. Okay, I'll go. One more. Here we go. Yeah. De gelukkigen moeten worden gestraft. Yeah. The happy must be penalized. Yeah, punished. Punished. In het westen heerst nou eenmaal welvaart. In it in the west. Mm-hmm. He, beheers, uh, heerst. Heerst. H e e r. 
H-E-E-R-S-T. Okay, so to behear means to manage. So here's, I'm going to say, is to control or... Be- Dominates. Okay, yeah. Behear. Uh, I'm, I'm working. Okay, yeah. so in the West, control... No, no, no. In the West, welvaart dominates. And welvaart is? Uh, good driving. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is great. <laughs> okay, no. Did not see that coming. <laughs> no, wealth. Wealth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, th- th- just a random, random sentence I noticed. Um, let's see if I... Some other stuff. Well, I mean... As you've mentioned, like them in full suits working no, no, in the garden. No, no, no self-censoring here. I want to. I want to hear the musings that you're skipping Kruis over. So that's there's that, a cross on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. he gets marked. Uh, gets, Richard gets marked. Yeah, and yeah. he he has it lasered away. I think. So it's a tattoo. Yeah, he says so, right? I thought I had it was. Ta- I, he said it, I had the tattoo removed, but you never see them tattooing. No, it's just implied. There's a lot of implicit things in here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so I've wrote that it, that it has horror elements, some suggestive, some implicit stuff. Yeah. Um, some tongue-in-cheek. I think that, that maybe that's what makes it, like, for me, really even warmer than movie, is that all the characters, they um, are very serious. They talk very straightforward, as we've mentioned. But they are, are a lot of the time very agitated. And we'll probably discuss one of his other movies down the line. Um, and then you'll see that for some reason, all of characters talk like this. But that's what I mean. The movie could have been that. Yeah. And it would yeah. have worked. Like it would literal have been more, gibberish. Like it was already verging on absurdism. And now he could have just gone to- full on absurdism. Maybe that's where we'll end up in the when he does his last movie. When I get bored, yeah. Uh, what, so Alex from Varmadon went to Rietveld. And you want to talk about absurdity? God, fucking art school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rietveld is a very famous art school in Amsterdam. He's also a painter. He, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I think he might actually might have gone to Rietveld for painting, yeah. for that matter. And uh, that's why I mentioned it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, thank you for my work. Mm-hmm. I gave a talk to Rietveld students. What the fuck did you have to tell them? I know, right? They didn't <laughs> want to hear some fucking dude talk. Like, so uh, you can take some stuff from uh, the archive if you want and cut it up nicely. Wait, don't talk about no. the, uh, the uh, work. Uh, there are a lot of archives in the Netherlands. There are a lot of archives in the Netherlands. Everyone's fucking coming. Now we keep saying archives. Maybe, maybe the Netherlands is an archive. If you would ask Thierry Baudet, he wants to hold on to everything. Nice. There we go. The Gulden has to come back. Weaponization of cultural heritage for nationalistic policy. Uh, so boop, I, ga- boop, boop. I, I I gave a t- <laughs> that's not a good thing to do into a microphone. <laughs> uh, so I gave a talk, and um, when I give talks to students, which I do quite regularly, I always like to bring goodies from work, mm-hmm. and they're cool. My goodies are cool. <clears throat> they're you know they're things that kids that are twenty in Amsterdam that like music or art would want to maybe have, and so I always do a quiz. And this one I put together really last minute. I was like, oh, fuck, what can I ask them? I don't know anything about any artists. Okay, uh, Wikipedia, Rietveld, notable alumni. Oh, perfect. Okay, Re- uh, Robert Dijkhoff, mm-hmm. famous uh, astrophysicist, or physicist, now Minister of Culture in the Netherlands, who worked at Princeton. He's a Rietveld alumni? Partially. He went there for one year. Oh. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, seems like a great guy. Yeah, I um, think so. So that was the first question. It was like, what famous physicist previously employed at Princeton University now minister of culture in the Netherlands uh, briefly attended Rietveld uh, no hands go up no no and there's like the, the teachers because there. it's international students or it was a mix okay um, and like the, the professor is sitting there in front of her own she, she's like she knew okay yeah. and I had to keep giving more hints and then I think at some point someone you like, just said the name <laughs> no I think at some point like someone raised her hand and like guessed uh, but I think I had to give more and more hints yeah so there was that. And then I had, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember what the other one was. But one of them was uh, like what famous uh, Dutch director, I named I think a few of his films, uh, attended Rietveld Academy. And one of the girls, uh, one of the girls students attending just yelled out, how are we supposed to know this? <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. I, I think I named a few of his films, and finally someone was just like, 
Van Wormeldon. Van Wormeldon. Ja, you, you, you. Say it louder. Alex van Wormeldon. Ja. But I don't care. It's just... I, I, mean, too young I, I straight up told whatever. them. I was like, I read the Wikipedia. You know, yeah. how do you know? How do you how do you know anything? You read the Wikipedia. They're not fans, apparently, at the Rietveld. I, I guess they should be. His art is actually quite good as well. Yeah, His painting. Yeah. Shall, shall we? Uh, shall we look at it? This is an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> I'm gotta, not too sure. You gotta stop making those noises <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> okay. Uh, one. Okay, another thing to. Reset everyone after that fucking worthless story about me talking to Rietveld students. There is a scene where Marina is... That's a boy. Yeah. the name right. You notice I have to pause every time. <laughs> is walking back from the garden house to the normal house. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even with Borgman, before he's Borgman, when he's still the drifter type. Yeah. And they're walking... And there's a ballerina in the shot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, my hypothesis is that actually this film, at a certain turning point, probably the night where they see the dogs, mm-hmm. I think turns into a dream world. Okay. And it's not really, it's happening, but it's not really happening. It's just uh, Some of the scenes are definitely dream scenes, of course, when he's sitting there like putting nightmares in her head. Yeah. He's sitting on her, on top of her while she's in the bed. He's naked. Yeah. Sitting like with a bit of crouch down, yeah. sitting on his hurke. Yeah. Do you know what hurke are? Herky? Herky the Hawkeye? No, no, no. <laughs> no he's, I mean, he's sitting, I have no idea. The herne. The herne. <laughs> Shout out to the herne. That, we'll save that for another time. No, it's the hurke. The hurke. Um, you have to tell me if there's an English word for this. When you sit down, I'm, again, this is not a visual medium. All right, I'll describe it. Uh, okay, when you sit down like this. You crouch? Then, yeah, that's what I said, right? Crouch, crouching. Crouch, yeah. You're now sitting at your hurke, but your hurke, they don't exist as long as you're not sitting like this. So it would be, I think, the equivalent if you said you're sitting on your crouch. I think we say you're sitting on your heels. <laughs> yeah, okay, that would make more sense because heels, I still have heels when I'm standing up. But Herka, they are gone once I'm not sitting on there. Herka. Yeah. Wow, so they're just this imaginary... The same, it's maybe the same as a lap, you know? A lap is not something until you sit on it. Oh, it's a bit of a right. Schrodinger's cat type thing. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I don't think that's what Schrodinger's box is about. But, okay, you mentioned the ballerina. The ballerina. So, I actually, I'm going to walk back my thing that this happens in a dream world. I don't think it happens in a dream no. world. But it because the ballerina comes back later there's this like very abstract absurdist play that when they finish the garden so borgman and his two helplings uh they finish the garden and then they have a play to sort of celebrate the the opening of the garden and the play does not relate at all to the garden as far as i could tell they didn't build a garden i mean they really built a stage they did yeah yeah and they created a pond in which they they expanded the pond yeah um and what and as as they're doing the play, do you remember what was written on the? I took some screenshots of ich it. Ich bin wir sind. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean? I am. We are. And it's German. German. Yeah. Do you have any idea why, why they would do that? Well, they What's actually the they mix it up because it's actually supposed to be Ich bin ein Berliner. So I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. Do you get that it. reference at all? Yeah. Uh, Kennedy. Who? Kennedy, right? Oh, I thought it was Homer Simpson. Oh. Just kidding. It's <laughs> <Just> Kennedy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's late, people. It's late. We've had a long day. Okay. Each the bit in, yeah, I don't... I, 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 yeah, I am, we are, some, some form of existence. Mm. The two dogs who later transformed to the two guys helping him in the garden. Yeah. One is played, of course, by oh. Alex Wormdom, yeah. the director. Um, when they arrive, Borgman tells the dogs, you guys are too early. Yeah. So are they on like a scouting mission? Could be. I think it's more that Borgman is slowly trying them. to penetrate the, yeah. the family. Like he, they, a great scene uh, where the two uh, helpers 
have to drive the kids to school. And of course, they wind up taking them to a bunker in the dunes and yeah. dr- drugging them and scarring them. We should mention that the, the kids in the end survive. So the parents we, are we said, Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. T- we said this, yeah. So the kids leave with those guys. Yeah, and the nanny leaves with them too. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think Borchmann is basically just saying like, they're not ready yet for us to, mm. you know, to, our final act. To really transform this place. Yeah. I mean, if you would watch the movie. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. Similar ending to the movie before. They're all connected. Some fucking Illuminati shit mm. in the Dutch cinema. What do they do with the two parents that they've killed? They put them in a pond. And they bury them. Yeah. And then yeah. they throw down grass seed over them. And how wow. do the two people die in Sporwos? The exact same. They're buried alive. Buried alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy, Gene Barefoots, he, he dies in, in quite grim ways in the last two movies we've seen. Is this like a Nicolas Cage type thing? That every time <laughs> we see him in a movie, he dies? He dies in some strange way. Nicolas Cage is great. He's really have a revival in his career. Yeah. Huh? yeah. yeah. Have you seen Pig? No. Nope. His newest film? No. Nope. It's not his newest. There's a new one. I know. Yeah, he works so yeah. much. Yeah. But um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen both of them. He did a Renit AMA AMA. The other mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. dating whenever this fucking podcast is being recorded. Um, and he said, you know, he really wants to work with Ari Aster and Robert Eggers, like the two kind of big new names in horror. I'd love to see Nicolas Cage in an Ari Aster hereditary type film. That would be fucking if awesome. If he wants it, that can probably happen, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Nice. No, that would be sick. This Have is you- turning into a horror podcast. Finally. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You, yeah. That's the thing. You, you don't like horror. No. Nope. No. And I love horror. And now we get to watch a Dutch horror movie. Or at least a <laughs> horror horrific. Yeah. Uh-huh. So are you ready for our segment? No, 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 no. Let's take a break. We have not taken a break. True. I don't even know how long we've been talking. So we're going to take a break, everyone. I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> and, okay. and take a really deep swallow <laughs> and he's telling me I shouldn't make weird noises in the mouth oh man the break's coming up we talk to you after the break Dutch Film Podcast yeah Oh, wow. I can't believe we did all that while we were on break. <laughs> that was really something. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Dutch Film Podcast. I'm Eric Von Bamberlin. We Bamberlin. are rejuvenated. Oh, rejuvenated? Rejuvenated? And we're is that because, revitalized. Is that because whenever you hear the word Jew, you just think of juvenile? The, yeah, juvenile the, the rapper. Ra- the Atlanta rapper. New Orleans, man. New Orleans. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> like... T- Probably the prime example. Okay. Is that New Orleans? Yeah, man. Cash Money Records. Is Ca- Cash Money Millionaires is from New Orleans? Yeah. yeah. So Lil Wayne is from New Orleans? Yep. Holly Grove. Right. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry for... I didn't mean to conflate whatever the Atlantean... Atlantean. Is that the name of the outcast? Album. Posse? No. What's the name of their group? The Dungeon Family. Dungeon Family. Okay. So this is the Dutch film. <laughs> this is the Dutch film podcast yeah, where not, we talk not the American where, rap podcast where we talk about uh, discrepancies <laughs> of uh, Southwest, <laughs> Southeast American rap groups from the nineties and two thousands. Yeah, that would be great. I know yeah. a lot more about that stuff. I know we should do we should do Idlewild and um, what's the other one? Speaker box, love below. No, the aliens. No, um, no, no, Idlewild the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. then there's the film where. Um, this is great content, people. Three Six Mafia. What's the film where Three Six Mafia got the Academy Award for like best song? I don't know, actually. Did you know that they got? I, the, yeah, of course, but yeah, I don't know what the. Uh, I've never seen the movie. Oh well. Anyway, uh, someone else is going to make a podcast about rap bam, films. Bam, bam. Belly, we love Belly. We like Belly. That's a great movie. Ah, but we're not. We're talking about a movie that couldn't be farther away from Belly. belly. True. 
we're back. We're talking about Borchmann, the 2013 Alex von Varmadon Dutch horror thriller abstract art film. The N-word does feature in the movie. He does say the N-word. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The Dutch N-word. Yeah. 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 We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to that if we feel like this movie represents Dutch society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got the next segment that everyone loves. Close up. Dutch bad words. So, I expected going into the movie that I would have a lot to choose from and a lot of original curse words because Alex Warmadon struck me as the type who uses a lot of, like, who has a great vocabulary. Uh, but what I didn't realize is that his dialogue is so straightforward that even the curse words are quite straightforward. And one that I did catch is, and I thought it would be funny to do this one, is the one where this segment is named after Klootzak. At some point, he says, onbetrouwbare Klootzak. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what a Klootzak is? I, I presume I, so. I even know what an onbetrouwbare Klootzak is. <laughs> okay. So Heard that it. one before. Am I right, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an asshole. It's an asshole. Yeah. And it literally translates to something sack yeah okay so i just looked it up in yeah. the etymological uh, dictionary yes clothes means ball it's just ball sack it's ball sack oh i think the best english version of it would be asshole yes that's how it's always translated yeah. but i would i've called people a ball sack before <laughs> so i don't really know <laughs> that's actually the best translation <laughs> Because arsehole, what what would be asshole in Dutch? Literally, arsehole. Arsehole, yeah. Anus. Anus, yeah. That's not really. We'll probably come across a curse word at some point that relates to the yeah. neither region. Yeah. Okay. So, and onbetrouwbaar means untrustworthy. Untrustworthy. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty straightforward. I would expect um, him to come up with a with a better curse word. I've heard good vibe. Good vibe. Yeah. Yeah, in a very intense scene where the Richard is beating. Yes, Man. Marina. Monaki, Marina. <laughs> Marina. Do you know who Imka Marina is? Who Marina is? Imka Marina. Imka Marina. No. Oh, well, we'll save that for another another time. Okay. No. Great. So, that was it. That was Dutch bad that, words. That's my Dutch bad word because I simply did not hear any other. But let's be clear that the N word is a bad word in any language. Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't classify it as a curse word. It should not be. Yeah, it's a different type of no. No. bad word. No. Anyway, that has been Dutch bad words. Clouds. So we're here for our final reflections because, no. ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to keep these podcasts shorter mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. days. Does this movie... Okay, no. Before we go with that, I will say... Good movie, worth watching. Yeah, for sure. Not his best work, I would say. We'll, we will end up covering one of his other movies, or maybe two. Um, I'm curious to see if you like those movies better. I look forward to watching them. Yeah. Does this movie give some representation of Dutch society? Um, I think... In a way it does, but because it's so absurdist, most of the time it's not like a typical... Maybe the the, the, uh, the, the fact that this mo the movie is made in the Netherlands and that it's con considered one of the better movies and one of the best directors, if not the best, by the more elitist cinema lover, does say something about the Netherlands, maybe. That people like absurdist humor. Um uh, and maybe that people like a bit of an elitist type of movie, right? Yes. I think fully. I don't think societally it gives so much insight into no. culture. No, I mean the, the, the suburb where the villa is, that could have just have easily been in Asia or us or wherever yeah it's not hyper specific and i even think that he films it in a way where that is uh, unrepresentative of the netherlands because no. even in the smallest village there's a lot of traffic 
Yeah. Because it's just so dense. Let me shut, and, shut, the, shut the window. Did you hear the, the kids screaming? The kids are screaming outside. People, it's a... Not going to say that next <laughs> word because that is not the right political climate for that. Okay. Anyway, unless you're in Friesland or maybe even maybe down in Limburg. Mm-hmm. You would have a lot of traffic. Yeah. yeah. And especially if we're thinking that this takes place near Harlem or in the, the mm-hmm. air, the Buurt von Harlem. <laughs> um, people would notice. Um, the murders, for sure. Yeah. And this is what's funny. Not funny. A reflection that I had. Mm-hmm. This movie came out in 2013. Yeah. I moved here in 2012. This movie looks and feels like it's from 95. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get any sort of, even, you know, 2013 Amsterdam was. Maybe the furniture in the house doesn't. It has a bit of a modern design, yeah. but like the, I think the wardrobe and just yeah, the true. way it just doesn't. I think it's, it's not a man, it's meant to be timeless. Yes, I, I think it's yeah. very timeless. I, I think that I that's what he kind of does so well is that it's not location specific and it's also not time no. specific. He's just created his own little world, which makes it th- more theme seem like theater. Yes, like the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is not a coincidence because, as we've mentioned, he has a background, his origins, yeah. are, and. But you make a good point. So I don't think socially it is representative of anything. No. But culturally, the fact that you say, if this is something that people like and enjoy, mm-hmm. um, goes to show where, what people fucking like here. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like it, largely speaking. Mm-hmm. I think that all the cabaret shit and your Hans Taylor and or like Hans Bloch or like, the dude that does like the New Year's Eve comedy show mm-hmm. shit. I hate cabaret. I don't get why it's so popular here. I really don't like it. <laughs> I'm gonna say this over and over. But, but do you li- did you like the 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 sense of humor of this movie? I mean, it's two different things, of course. It, is it for you? That's one thing. Or do you think it's well done? I think you agree that the movie is well done. I, yes, I think that the movie is well done. It. it Again, I think in the beginning where I was saying like, oh, you know, I love funny games and I love The Strangers and I love mm. Your Next and all these other fucking home invasion films. I like I like that feel that comes yeah. with those. Parasite is also, that movie also, of course, came out after Borgman. Yeah. But the movie is quite similar, right? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I know. Forget it. I need to see it though. Yeah, you do. I don't know if it's taking so long. I've watched like Fast and the Furious 9 twice and I've watched the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League twice and it's like... You're such an American. <laughs> um, yeah, I. That's the thing. Like, I wanted. It's not that I wanted to not like this movie. I wanted to like it because mm-hmm. that's more fun when you enjoy something. Um, but you find it hard to actually enjoy it. Yeah, because of the cabaretness and the kind of a bit it's of too the, highbrow. Not that it's too mm-hmm. highbrow, but there is this kind. Of, there's just a vibe to it, and like I'm not the biggest Tom Waits fan. Like I like his newer stuff when he got old and just mellowed out and just you know You're making it I'm, sound like Tom Waits is actually no, in the movie. but this but like this is something like and you talked about Lynch and I never really got into Lynch. I have not seen a single David Lynch film. No. I like David Cronenberg. If we're talking about the Davids, no. I like no. Cronenberg. It's more visceral. It's more in your face. But you should definitely watch it, a David Lynch movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Come on. Uh-huh. It's Lynchian, uh, like Alex Ramadan is Lynchian. Yeah. Um, and I could see him fitting in that community yeah. as well. And I'm sure yeah. he's friends with David Lynch. I'm, I'm sure they have a relationship. It, but they yeah. probably they've at least spoken to each yeah. other and Lynch has seen his movies probably. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, with all this said, as much as I don't relate to the humor, I recognize the humor. And he just did a really good it's a great job. Quote, I recognize the humor. <laughs> I recognize it. And he just did such a great job creating this little world and having yeah. this little thing happen inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't fault him. Yeah. He's it's, a professional. He is. Like, a prof- he really knows how to create a world. He knows how to uh, work at least with. I mean, it, it's telling that his wife works with him. Uh, his brothers do. His son, I think, also does. Um, 
that means that he is keeping everything literally close to home and he knows the pe- the people he works with he knows he can trust them and i think he can trust the vision of the guy doing the camera work the guy doing the art direction um and that allows him to create this very specific world with i take it quite a low budget compared to i think three hundred thousand was the budget really yeah wow yeah it's that's nothing, nothing. It's nothing. Okay. yeah and the movie probably only made like maybe a million wow it probably didn't make that much either so hats off to him for sticking around the netherlands not selling out and going to hollywood he's definitely not a sellout and we will talk about this later when we watch um Swartbook, the paul verhoeven movie mm-hmm. because alex from warmerdam has a really really great clip on youtube where he totally trashes trashes <laughs> Swartbook. that's good because i didn't like Swartbook, but yeah. we'll see uh but when we talk about that movie, we can talk about the difference between an Alex van Warmendam movie and a Paul Verhoeven movie because there is a huge difference. And as you've mentioned, props to Alex van Warmendam for keeping it Dutch and yeah, not selling out to Hollywood. Yeah. So, Borgman, we giving it two thumbs up? Yeah, for sure. Two thumbs yeah. up. Not, not Dutch, but also extremely Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's uh, good synopsis good summary maybe that means something about the dutch have problems uh, expressing forms of nationalism and nationalistic pride in itself or some other form anyway this has been the dutch film podcast who are you eric van bemelen oh and then then i'm greg gregory marcus in that case how's it feel oh, pretty good pretty good it's a bit uncomfortable huh <laughs> <laughs> I have some back pain. I cut off my thumb. <laughs> Catch you next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.